A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for, our, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answered from within, Do not bother me. The, Lord, the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, you would have a snake instead of a fish. You would give a snake for it instead of a fish. Or if the child asked for an egg, would give a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, it feels like I've been gone a lot longer than a week because that's what the hills do to you. <laughs> I think there is an interesting Bible study in looking at the questions that people ask Jesus and the way he responds because usually he either just doesn't respond or he responds with a question or he responds to a different question. It just seems that Jesus cannot be manipulated into how people are using questions. Today's gospel is a stark contrast. The disciples say, teach us to pray, and Jesus is on it. Jesus is responding to exactly that question. And yet, I wonder how heartfelt of a question it really was. Because by the 11th chapter in Luke's gospel, the disciples had already been sent out two by two, out into the towns and the villages. They'd been sent to heal and to cast out demons, and it had happened. They'd actually been sent out twice to heal and cast out demons. And they came back and they said, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. And then they'd gone to a town in Samaria which didn't receive Jesus. And they said, Lord, shall we command fire to come down and consume that town? And Jesus says, uh, no. The way it says that in the scripture is Jesus rebuked them. So they're kind of acting like they had it figured out. I mean, they're casting out demons. They're healing. They're saying, shall we be like destroying whole cities? And then they say, you know, Lord, teach us to pray. 
you know, it reminds me of a student who asks a question they already know the answer to so that they can show how smart they are. This is the question that Jesus is, finally they ask a good question. And Jesus jumps on it and he answers them straight and he gives them actual words when you pray, say. And he gives them what we sort of recognize as the Lord's Prayer. Our Lord's Prayer comes out of the Gospel of Matthew. Today's reading was from the Gospel of Luke and it's a longer version. And then Jesus illustrates these qualities of prayer, of persistence, 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 and of asking, asking. Prayer is a core practice of discipleship. And our prayer changes over our faith journey. So, what feels kind of simple at first, what is prayer, over time loses its simplicity. And we do hear in other places of the gospel, Jesus rebuking people for saying all the right words in prayer and their actions don't match. So what does prayer mean? What does it mean to you when you pray? And more importantly, what did it mean when Jesus said the word prayer? I have a friend who I think has spent her entire life chewing on the question, how does prayer work? If I pray for someone's healing and they are healed, how did that work? Like, was God waiting for me? If God already knows what we need, why do we have to ask? If God only heals in response to prayer, that feels like we have a little too much control. So she's, she's always wondering, how does prayer work? I have no answer. Because I have seen, I have been with people where prayer resulted in miraculous things. When I was doing my chaplaincy uh, training, I'm in the hospital, there was a, an ambulance came in and there was a little boy, four or five years old, who'd been in an ATV accident. And he came in, he was doing really well, you know, and so I was talking to his mom and the paramedic who came in on the ambulance, and they're telling me this story. He was in this accident, and in the ambulance, his vitals started dropping, 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 and nothing the paramedic did was changing it. And finally, he turned to his mom and said, I need to tell you that we're losing him. And his mom started praying. And praying for him. And the vitals came right back up. Something powerful had happened there. And... I think of my friend who got leukemia at 30 years old and prayed and prayed for healing and still died. Many people prayed for him. When we think of prayer as responding to our asking, it, it can feel like the greatest power and irrelevant all at the same time. 
I've heard addicts talk about the power of prayer in their healing from addiction and about how it changed, how prayer changed their life. And then I look at gun violence in this country and so many people praying for an end to gun violence and yet we still deal with gun violence. So what is prayer? Up at Luther Heights Bible Camp this, this week, I was noticing the kitchen staff. They work long hours and they are on their feet the whole time and they are feeding hundreds of people and it is good food. It is not just warm up food, it's fantastic. And I was talking with one of them and I said, how do you do it? And without missing a beat, she goes, prayer. <laughs> it's prayer. She goes, there are so many people praying for us up here. And then another person said, you know, my first day, I didn't, I got up and I was, you know, in a hurry and I rushed to the kitchen and I didn't start with prayer and there was problem after problem after problem after problem and at the end of the day, I thought, you know, I didn't start with prayer. And she says, and ever since then, I'm very disciplined to start my day with prayer and things go well. Well, the next morning, I walk in and there's somebody mopping, someone working on the drain, and I said, what happened? And they said, oh my gosh, we spilled an entire can of peaches, which is sticky. The drain backed up, so we're having to clear the drain, and we dropped an entire tray of cinnamon rolls. So Magdalena's like, oh, it's all fun and games, so you drop the cinnamon rolls. And yet none of them was upset. They were laughing and relaxing. You can tell when a person's upset, even if they're trying to hide it. Their shoulders were down. They were laughing and, you know, calm and relaxed in the midst of all of these problems. And I thought, hmm, I think you ha might have just as many problems with prayer. But prayer changes the way we respond. It changes us. So what is prayer? Prayer really does mean ask. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. That little boy dying in the ambulance, his mom was giving an ask. In our Lord's Prayer, when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking. When I was young, when I was little, I think that's exclusively what I thought prayer meant. Prayer means ask God. And sometimes when you ask, God answered, and sometimes God didn't. Of course, my definition was answer was doing what I wanted God to do, whatever I asked for. Reminds me of uh, Matthew Kelly who talked about when he was young, he would sit down in the morning and give God God's to-do list for the day. <laughs> and yet Jesus teaches about asking. And he uses stories about parents giving good things to their children. And then he says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's a different kind of ask. Asking for the Holy Spirit. So prayer is asking. Prayer is conversation with God 
the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father. It is about connection. Father at those times was a very close relationship, closer than our, than our culture today. And it starts with our connection with each other. We pray together to this, to this close God, so close that we call Father. Connection and conversation. I've been reading about social prompting in healthy relationships. And they, this is how they say it, that in, in a healthy relationship, you give a, a prompt, like walking up to a person, smiling, looking him in the eyes, saying, how are you? And a social response is you look them back in the eyes, you smile, you respond, you ask, how are you? And it builds relationship. You know, that's the connection. Or somebody walks up to you, smiles at you, looks you in the eyes, says, how are you? And you don't look at them. You say nothing or fine and walk away. And that degrades relationship. I think young people know the joys and sorrows of this pattern and do it faster than anybody else. As they go up and they prompt their friends and their friends respond and their friendship grows or the friend doesn't and the friendship shrinks. And it happens fast, a lot, every day. We're getting, we're getting a nod here. <laughs> it breaks your heart when that happens. And I think that is part of the, of the hardship for parents with teenagers or young adults when they prompt looking for connection with children they love and then they don't respond. Well, in this relationship with God of prompting and responding, God is constantly prompting us, reaching out to us, looking at us, smiling at us, giving us gifts, giving us insight, being with us in times of sorrow, with us in times of joy. And prayer is our response, smiling back, looking God in the eyes, listening and noticing. Prayer is conversation with God. Prayer is also connection with each other. You know, it is not just a me and God world. It is an us and God world. The power of the Lord's Prayer is that we pray it together. When we pray in worship, when we speak in unison, speaking and listening all at the same time to the whole community, it aligns our prayer with others. It is like we are each a little separate flame that have come close enough that the flame comes together in one big flame and our prayer is one big flame of faith. And it changes us. If you have ever you know, played in an orchestra or a band or sung in a choir and you feel that being lifted by being part of this whole ensemble where you are playing or singing and listening all together and something so much bigger than any one of you emerges. Sometimes we bring our prayer to God for others. Up at Bible camp, one of the things I got to do was help each of the cabins write an intercessory prayer that we used at worship, at our closing worship. And let me tell you, 
those kids had no trouble coming up with prayer. So I, you know, I said to them, so we're going to be writing our prayers of intercession. You get to do one for your cabin. Who, who would your like to, cabin like to pray for? And they, had, they were ready to go. And I just handed them the paper. And they came together and wrote these beautiful, inspiring prayers for others. Prayer is about our connection with others. Prayer is noticing. It is attuning our spirit with God's spirit. Noticing God, noticing those around us, noticing life unfold around us. And it is about noticing the deep goodness within ourselves and everybody else. That deep goodness God has, has planted in us, our strength, our compassion, our giftedness, our intelligence, our love, our faith. And powerful things happen in the noticing. And the noticing is where we hear God. In, our, in the noticing, as we let go of our compulsion, my compulsion, to change things, to fix things, that is where acceptance happens. And we accept the beauty of our own selves. We accept the goodness of those around us. And we accept God into our lives. In the end, I think prayer is something that wells up out of you. On our drive home, we were coming over Hilltop. You know, just, uh, you know where Hilltop is above Lucky Peak? And a car was upside down in the field. And people had stopped, and there was one cop car there. And as we're driving, we're wondering, that person who passed us on the two-lane road going way too fast, if it was them. A fire truck passes us. An ambulance passes another fire truck, another ambulance, a bunch more cop cars. And Magdalena says, Mama, would you lead us in prayer for those people? And I said, well, honey, I'm driving. Would you lead us in prayer? And she led us in this beautiful prayer covering all these people, the people who were in the accident, the helpers who were arriving, the folks that were there on the scene, and the folks who were worried. And she, in that prayer, connected us with God and God right there in that moment of trauma and with all those people. Prayer is a core practice of discipleship and it changes over our faith journey. The disciples' question to Jesus becomes our question over and over as we go through our faith journey. Lord, teach us to pray. And so I encourage you to, to look at your prayer practice now, which is probably different than it was a year ago. And what are the ways, what are your practices of that persistence? Perhaps you're using our upper room devotional um, to bring you into prayer. Perhaps you're using conversation while driving. That can be powerful. 
Perhaps you're using imaginative prayer. In our family, we use the app Pray As You Go, which is this fabulous imagination into the scripture. Or maybe you do prayer journaling, where you journal to God, and then sometimes let God write back to you. Perhaps you spend time in quiet noticing. Noticing your own breath breathed into you by the Creator. And then there, of course, is our prayer that we do together every Sunday, attuning our faith to each other and to God. Look for those ways that God is prompting you. God is giving you that prompt for your response, looking at you, smiling at you, offering you gifts, offering you insight, reminding you that God is there in the sorrow and in the joy and in the boredom and in the excitement. And be persistent. Be persistent. Expecting God's response, God giving you the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord God, teach us to pray. Show us how to ask for your Holy Spirit. Teach us how to be persistent in our prayer. Teach us how to notice you and notice the goodness in ourselves and others. Reveal your connection to us and help us notice all the ways that you prompt us and be in conversation with us as we respond. And we pray these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.